I'm Ye Vang, and you're listening to Monglish. Monglish is a podcast that explores the intersection of Hmong and American culture. I spent my entire life processing what it means to be Hmong American, and with this show, I hope to dive even deeper. It's my goal to create a space to explore my dual heritage while educating the populace on Hmong culture with the help of guests and other members of our community. Hey folks, this is Matt, the producer. We're hoping that you enjoyed last week's episode and we're super excited to bring you another one. Today we're featuring Brian and Pahua Yang Hoffman. Brian is an entrepreneur who currently owns Yaya Taco in Minneapolis. Pahua is the Senior Vice President of Government and Community Relations for Health Partners, which is a massive nonprofit healthcare provider based in Minnesota. Pahua was with us last season and we really enjoyed our time with her. But this time we wanted to bring her husband along so that we could talk about relationships from a multicultural perspective. Because here's the thing. Brian is white, he's Jewish, and Pahua is Hmong. When she was with us last season, we specifically spoke about how it was expected of her to marry a Hmong man. And so we wanted both her and her husband to dive into the nuances of this situation and many others. Ryan and Pahua are brilliant individuals, and they bring a lot of wisdom to the relationship conversation, which you'd expect from a couple that's been married for almost 20 years. Before we get into the episode, we want to remind you that if you like the show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you watch us on YouTube, give us a like, a comment, and subscribe to the channel. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at MunglishPod. Support for Munglish comes from SolarPod, an immigrant-founded and owned company that makes and installs the Z-Rack no-roof-hole racking system. Proudly manufactured in Shakopee, Minnesota, this product is designed to eliminate the use of fossil fuel compounds that are often used in solar installations. The SolarPod Z-Rack, revolutionary solar innovation made radically simple. Get a quote for your home or business at mysolarpod.com. That's mysolarpod.com. Okay, now, on to the show. Okay, today's guest is Pahoy Yang Hoffman and Brian Hoffman. Nice and to be here. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we've had Pahoy on before, and oh, it was nice. awesome. And it was actually after we had Pahoy on and we were talking, after the mics were turned off and everything was turned off, I was like, dude, we should bring Brian on. Well, yeah. he, he did come up in that conversation with us, he too. Did. He always does. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have. Um, yeah, I'm just this uh, uh, spectral figure uh, in the background. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, now I'm no longer a spectral figure. I'm uh, a collection of sound waves. Yeah. And, I said he's uh, going to be famous images. now. Yes. Now I'm yeah. going to be famous. That's right. Yes, yes. Once we get picked up by oh, absolutely. somebody. For, for sure. <laughs> so here's the deal. I uh, All honesty, cards on the table. Um, so your Instagram handle, you know, yeah. is, um, it's not, it's not like Brian Hoffman on there, you know? No. And so I remember you would, uh, 
you, you, you would, you know, like talk to me or you DM me on Instagram. I'm like, who is this dude? And I didn't make that connection that you were, that you were Brian. So oh. for a little bit, I was like, huh. man, this guy's like super chummy with me, you know, <laughs> because I've had people who are like super chummy with me sure. where they're just like, they're like today. I just bumped into, I, I actually went to grab a sandwich today and I bumped into this guy. He goes, well, I feel like I watched you on TV. So I feel like I know you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, totally. yeah, yeah. No, you, you know. yeah. Anyways. And so I was like, wow, this guy's like super chummy with me. And then I think you sent an article about Paho over and I'm like, wow, this guy like really admires her. And then I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> In fact, that's I your do. husband. That's quite right. Yeah. <laughs> so I do admire her. a little while to like connect yeah. those two, you know? Cause that would be a little weird. Yeah. 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 And so the reason why, you know, the other, you know, when we were thinking about having guests, I, I wanted to bring you both on um, because, you know, you guys have been married. How long have you guys been married for? 17 years. Yeah. yeah. So almost 20 years. Almost 20 almost years. 20. We've been, been, we've been together, together 22. 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, so like, like on Monglish, we always talk about this, you know, like I would say it's like this kind of, you have, we have, you know, we have us like growing up Hmong growing up here in america and then that that convergence of two cultures to get to the third and i i just thought that a really fun view would be from an outsider's view mm -hmm. when we know when uh when matt uh and i we were talking about you know our, our producer matt we were talking about you know putting monglish together um somebody once asked me hey so what's this who's this podcast going to be for and i and i automatically just said to myself it's for Hmong people I don't, I don't really care if the outside like listens or not, mm -hmm. like, you know, the outside of our community, like mm -hmm. it's for, for home people. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was, you know, really pushing hard towards. And, and, and the one thing that hit me was, and I, as I thought about Ryan, I'm like, man, like, here's a guy who's been part of this culture for over 20 years, you know, coming as an outsider into this culture where, you know, if we're honest, like yeah. our culture sometimes is very exclusive that way. Yeah. You know? We're pretty rough on outsiders. Yeah, sometimes. absolutely. And especially, and I'm going to be very frank here. Go ahead, please. Especially uh, a, a, a Hmong woman marrying somebody outside of the Hmong culture. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Hmong women to be like, we want you to marry a, a good Hmong man, have beautiful Hmong babies, and carry sure. you know the lineage on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, so it was just like, hey, I want to have a conversation about this. You know, Because the more... Uh, I, you know, meet other people and the more I, you know, I interact with um, people who message us, people who talk to us, it's saying, hey, like, I'm, you know, my partner, I'm either married, I'm dating or, you know, I'm with somebody who's not Hmong and I feel like I'm outside. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, you know, we can't be part of the culture, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and we've had a few of those and it was, it was, uh, you know, kind of eye opening for me. So just to dig in, like, you know, Brian, like how, like, how did you guys meet? Um, we're going to, are, are you telling us or am I telling us? Oh, you both He's there. asking you. Yeah. He's asking me. Um, well, uh, I lived in Italy throughout, uh, pretty much, uh, th throughout the 1990s. And, um, when I came back to Minneapolis, I'm from here. Uh, I uh, I really didn't know many people, but my best friend still lived here. And uh, every Sunday, uh, this was during the first run of The Sopranos, and every Sunday... <laughs> so so 2000. Yeah, Take 2000. Take us back to yeah. 2000. The Sopranos yeah. was still in the first run. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, oh, well, whatever. Sorry, um, yeah, I'm out of here. You're like, I've um, had a full life. Yes. I was in 10th grade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I was in 10th grade anymore, that's for sure. Um, so uh, we would always take out mm -hmm. uh, something and, and then meet at one of our, our apartments. And uh, 
for some reason, I went to Lotus, and uh, that was still Lotus, Lotus on, on 31st. 31st and Hennepin. No Long longer gone. There. Yeah, even in fact, the building that's replaced it is going to be torn down. Oh, so wow. that was where CB2 is now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, and they're going to tear that down, or at least, or completely renovate it anyway. Anyway, CB2 is gone. So uh, I got in there, and a friend of mine was working there, and uh, she said hi to me, and uh, then I went and I ordered uh, from the nice cashier, and. Um, then I went across the street to Majors and Quinn. And when I came back... The bookstore. The bookstore, right across the street. Well, take Still a pause there, there and I'll, I'll fill oh, in. Okay. So I worked at the Lotus on 31st and Hennepin throughout probably the last two years of college. Okay. And I hadn't worked there in years, but on this particular weekend, I got a call from the owner saying everybody was sick. And can I come and fill in this cashier shift? Which, by the way, is the worst shift. Because you're not making tips. any tips off the tables, yeah. right? You're, you're getting whatever's in the tip jar. But I said I would work that night because my friend Mandy was working that night. Okay. And so I thought, well, I'll just hang out with her. It's Sunday night. I don't have any plans. And in walks this guy. He places an order. I see that he is talking to Mandy. Mm-hmm. So he leaves to go to Major Zuquin, which is just what he just said. And my friend Mandy turns around to me and says, hey, when my friend Brian comes back, I'm going to give him your number because I think you guys would hit it up. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know why she thought that, but that's, you know. I, we don't know did. why she yeah. thought that. But she did. Yeah. But she have you guys ever asked her? Like, oh, or yeah. Have you guys um, talked to her about it? Or? We should ask her again. I'm sure her. we've asked yeah. her before. It's, I cannot remember she's now. She was gone for many years, so I, I hadn't yeah. seen her in a long time. She's just moved back. She just moved back yeah. from Chicago okay. several yeah. years ago. But um, Back in the day when people called each other. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like I was going to give him, you know, his, yeah. his Instagram media. or whatever. It was so the back of the day for the young people. I didn't have a cell phone. We were still <laughs> writing numbers on a sheet, piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, the good and old Brian days. came back from Majors and Quinn. Mm-hmm. And you can finish now. Mandy said, uh, what's your number? And I just gave it to her. And uh, she said, I'm going to have this woman call you. Wait, time out. Yeah. That's when what she happened. asked you your number, you didn't like, were you like, hey, why are you? Um, Maybe I asked why first. I can't okay. remember. I mean, this is 22 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I don't remember she said something first or not. I think she I, she probably did. Okay. But uh, so I said, sure. Um, why not? So I gave her my number. And uh, and this uh, guy waves goodbye to me. Yeah. He leaves. You didn't yeah. even talk to him? We talked did very Did you say like hi or? I just said you know, bye. Yeah. And then... Brian leaves, and then Mandy gives me this sheet of paper with his number on it, which, by the way, the deal was that I would get, uh, I was going to give my number to Mandy, and he was going to have to call me, but now I had to call him. Oh. This is also the time of Swingers, the movie. Yeah, oh, the movie, yeah, 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 you yeah, have, sure. Where in the movie, they make a big deal about waiting three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wait my three days. Oh, days. Mm-hmm. oh, you waited three days to yeah. call? She did? Yes. She did. Wait, so were you, okay, hold on. I'm so interested right now. Yeah, go ahead. So Brian, were you expecting her to call or like, did you know I, I where think, this number was going? Oh, I, I think I was, yeah, I'm sure I was expecting her to call so you, or at least so thought she might. I don't know. hi to each other. It was just hi. We just had cashier conversation. It was just because of Mandy. You know, I mean, had... You know, I don't think I would have walked up to her and said, here's my number, call yeah. me. Okay. Um, but so. we both trusted Mandy. Yeah. Okay. And Absolutely. I think she said, you, you've got to call him. So the I, moral of the story is find a good friend you trust. Absolutely. And just do what they say. That's right? always Absolutely. the case. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Mandy said, well, I said, I don't really want to call this guy because you were supposed to give him my number. But she said, no, you have to call him. He's a nice guy. So I wait the three days. 
Um, I called him. Were you him. anticipating Brian? Uh, he you know, probably sorry, forgot. I, I mean, he probably just. <laughs> uh, um, He's like, I yeah. don't know. I remember the was, order, though. The order, I, I, remember I remember where I was. <laughs> and I remember, what, I remember where I was when she called me. Okay. Um, so it was Halloween. Yeah. I called you on Halloween 2000. That's right. On the landline, right? No, I oh, had a cell phone. Uh, no, I had a cell- you were one yep. of the cool kids. He was yeah. one of the cool kids. I yeah. was definitely calling on a landline. <laughs> it was Halloween. I called you and I, we made a date for, that was a Tuesday. We made a date for the following Thursday, mm-hmm. for that Thursday. That's right. Okay. November 2nd. Yep. Oh, dang. November 2nd. Where'd you guys go? First date? So Brian said, meet me at the Cafeto on 22nd. Still there. And Lindell. Okay. It's still there. Yeah. And right next to Baby Zito, in fact. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Right That's there, right. right there. Same building. Yeah, yeah. So I come into this coffee shop. Um, he's reading this giant book. Oh, he's trying to flex a little bit, huh? Uh, well, maybe I can't remember. Maybe it was called possibly, the dictionary. Yes. Yeah, it was called. No, it was not called the dictionary. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was a giant novel. Uh, Force majeure. Force majeure. Okay. By Bruce Wagner. The so Bruce fancy. Wagner. You're so classy, yeah. bro. <laughs> so uh, we we He's meet there fancy. and we decide we were going to walk. Brian had made maybe reservations at Giorgio. We walked around the corner. Do you remember too. Giorgio? Probably. You. I don't even know if you were here when. If no. you're in tenth grade, you won't yeah, remember no, Giorgio. No, I can it's been gone for. Last anyway, week. we yeah. had this amazing four-hour date. Yeah. Oh, dang. That's right. Okay, so you guys met at the coffee shop. We sat Did there you, for a while. Okay, and then you went to dinner, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so what did you guys order at dinner? I'm just curious about this kind of stuff. Well, Giorgio is a um, was an Italian restaurant, okay, uh-huh. uh, or Italian inspired anyway. I do not remember what I ordered. I just remember having four glasses, two glasses of wine, which I rarely do. <laughs> we both Even have still. four glasses of wine. Is what I meant to say. So. Brian, did you like impress her with your Italian and ordered in Italian? You'd have to ask her no, whether I, I impressed anyone. Anyway. I, I think that would have made annoyed sense me. To, um, no. Yeah, I think not. And uh, the um, the only Italian in there was the actual owner, yeah. Giorgio. Yeah. Uh, the uh, wait, waiter or waitress, I can't remember, yeah. uh, didn't, was not Italian. So but no we had idea. a great conversation. Yeah. The conversation was just fluid. We talked yeah. about so many things. Kirby Enthusiasm had just come out. Oh, yeah. Second yeah. week. Yeah. We both had seen it. Yeah. There was this really um, dark movie, dark comedy movie called Your Friends and Neighbors had just come out at okay. the Lagoon. Yeah. I had also seen it. Direct we had talked about that. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, did your, like, didn't any your, your, anybody in your family or any of your, like, Hmong friends know that you're going to go on this date with this guy named Brian? It, no, because okay. I don't know that I, I don't, I don't think at the time I, where this was going to go. So okay. I don't know that I told anybody. Okay. So yeah. you just listen to what Mandy said. I, I, I Mandy's listening to this. I, she, she will. She, we'll she, make sure she, she might. Yeah. I'll, I'll send her a, a yeah. message, of course. And yeah. I think I yeah. just, we trusted her. I knew this guy's, this guy was going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> back, yeah. back where you couldn't put, yeah, like, find my phone and send it to your Correct. friends. Like, you know. That's right. It, it is crazy what we had trust in, faith in before. Yeah, it's cell true. phones. But yeah, I just thought, well, I'm just going to go have this date with this guy don't know where it's gonna go mm-hmm. but there was already comfort that we had a mutual friend so what um so then second date obvious or was it like a hey i'll three-day rule i'll call you later you know i don't think there was a three-day uh, i certainly didn't have a three-day thing i think i wrote her the next morning and said uh that was great let's meet again this weekend or what something you like you that wrote her like you uh, an email oh yeah whoa yep. so this is a tip for dudes, if you like someone, like don't be cool. Yeah. Like right away, say, I really had a great time. I yeah. want to see you again. So you sent her an email. That's what I did. Yeah. Wow. It's so weird because when I think email, I just think like work. You yeah. Know? Well, I couldn't call. She didn't yeah. need, I mean, where oh. was I going to call? Sure. She, uh, 
homing pigeons, dude. Just That's right. In the fact, bird, the bird yeah. just flew. Yeah. Okay. And then it kind of just started from there. You guys just liked hanging out with each other and. I, we've really been together when did you guys ever make since. It Facebook so. official. Yeah, I remember Facebook, where no you called Facebook. me the next day, yeah. and we made a we made a date for brunch. Yeah, and the following Sunday or something. Saturday at Lucia's, which is also oh, yeah. not here. Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah right where Suki there. Mimi is now. Yep. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And I remember telling my friends, I oh, I had a really good date with this guy, very nice. Unfortunately, he didn't talk one thing about sports, and I'm just not sure this is going to work out. Really? Yeah. So you wanted to talk sports? I wanted, I wanted him to like it okay he didn't have to be too into it but that he didn't mention anything so okay. we have this brunch on saturday okay. and not long into like getting into conversation he said i have something i gotta tell you oh boy and i thought here we go he's not he's quite so, divorced yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, okay this is where yeah, the yeah, yeah. it's going too yeah, well that was fun but yeah but instead he said uh, I'm a really big sports fan, and it's really important to me. <laughs> oh, um, shut up! And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I. Uh, By the way, this is so adorable right now. Oh, I'm thanks. Loving I'm loving yeah, this. Well, How I'm you like, guys like are it. like finishing each other's sentences. This uh, is adorable. what we do. This is what we do. In fact, oh. Um, oh. and uh, I lived in uh, I lived in New York in the 1980s, yeah. and uh, one of the uh, seminal moments of my uh, mm. my life was the. Uh, 1986 Red mm -hmm. Sox Mets World Series, and uh, all my friends were Mets fans. Mm -hmm. And for some weird reason, I just said, decided I didn't want to be a Mets fan. I wanted to be a Red Sox fan, and uh, so I was a Red Sox fan. And I moved to Boston for a while and uh, uh, was marinated in Red Sox stuff. Mm -hmm. And even though I was in Italy, I still tried to follow it. Um, and when I came back, I said, uh, I'm going to keep following. Red and now I'm going to come back. I'm going to get the, the MLB package. I'm going to follow Red Sox every day. So this is late November. So the Subway Series had already happened. This yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was Mets Yankees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's um, no baseball yet. No baseball anymore. Anymore, and we were. I think we were. I was getting ready for you know um, football. Yeah, this yeah. was mm -hmm. what was coming up and what I was going to be spending time doing. And so luckily, um, we both like sports, and so we started wa watching a lot of football together. What, but what Brian is saying is. Um, I was already a Twins fan. I was yeah. not a and Red a Sox fan. fan. Yeah, yeah. But the Twins were not with following. But he indoctrinated me into the um, Red Sox Brotherhood, which... So you're a Red Sox fan now? Yeah, but yeah. those were tough years. From 2000 okay. to 2004, I mean, yeah. we were losing yeah, yeah. every... In cruel ways <laughs> to yeah, the Yankees. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. awful. Yeah. But in 2004, Red Sox won the championship. And in 2005, we got married. And then we went to Boston for yeah. our honeymoon and went to Fenway. Dang. Yeah, so you know, you know, you know, it's a great lesson here is like, uh, you know, kind of what you were saying, Pahua, where you're like, man, like we didn't talk about sports. So I'm not sure. Like, you know, he's got it. It's, you know, this is like a checklist thing. He's got to be into sports. But you just waited, waited. And then boom, he's like, by the way, I'm yeah. really into sports. If we were on Tinder, I would have swiped the other way. If yeah. that wasn't in the description. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> wow. So you guys, you're saying you guys dated. How was like the dating process, especially Pahua, like, you know, um, just being a Hmong woman, like, especially with that, like, what, what, like, I'll be honest, like, what did your aunt say? What did your parents say? Like, what did your, your side of the family say? Well, by this time, I mean, by this time, my younger brothers and sister and my brother had already been married. Mm -hmm. So I was the oldest, but like the last one. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think when things started getting serious with Brian, um, my mom 
probably was just like, God, anybody at this point. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just want to win. And, and I am, in like, fact, anybody. But, but, so yeah, that's good. Mom was yeah. just like, I just that want to win. I just, I'm just, just, asking, just I'm someone. Asking. Because I was dating, and I think yeah. that, that that by itself was really hard for people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, seeing this single woman date. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a time where, yep. before college, I had to have a chaperone. Mm-hmm. While dating. Yeah, I know. Like like before eighteen. Yeah. The the thought that you could be out mm-hmm. in a restaurant alone with a man mm-hmm. who is not your uncle, your brother, yeah, not and family. You, and your your parents, mm-hmm. God forbid, or your uncle saw mm-hmm. you, you would be yeah, so in deep trouble. Explain that a little bit for, for some of our uh listeners who aren't Hmong. Like what what do you mean by that? Like that sounds really weird, doesn't it? It does sound weird now because because fast forward, my sisters didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think at the time, growing up in a traditional Hmong household, that preservation of the innocence and the honor of the family, you just didn't do that. Mm -hmm. You weren't alone with a man who was not your family Um, because it wasn't just... It it wasn't so much about me so much as the family name, right? And if you if you were caught, mm-hmm. um, there were examples where the two families to preserve the honor mm-hmm. would force you to marry. Yeah, that sure. so forced marriages. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean that happened, and that's something that like it's really interesting because like I talked to my I remember I brought that up once in college to my um, to my like non Hmong friends, and they're like that sounds so weird. Are you serious? I'm like. Yeah, dude. Like you have to have chaperones. Like, yeah. like sometimes it'd be like a little brother that would come along. Sometimes it would be, you know, just the same thing as like bringing us your like your sister along or, or a giant group date. Yep. Yeah, and there was never with your older cousins. You know, I just called. There was no exclusivity. There was no unaccounted exclusivity time because if you had that, you know, the the um, the like the the female her parents and their family can be like, well, we don't know what happened. And that's a dishonoring to our name. So to to rectify that, you have to be married. And, and the Hmong grapevine yep. is fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like Hmong Twitter, but like just more yeah. like just talking. No, you know? I thought of it as the Hmong internet even yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, even yes. then. And it was like, oh, so-and-so's daughter or so-and-so's son, did you hear? And boom, boom, and it would go on and go on. And that's why it was really hard. Growing up in high school, people would all be like, oh, yeah, Hmong people, you guys just traditionally marry young. And I'm like, well... There's kind of a reason behind it, you know. I remember we would, I would have to explain that to my friends in high school, and they'd be like, "That's weird. What? So you hung out with somebody, and now you have to marry them?" And there was there was so much depth in that, and I always felt so embarrassed, a lot of shame, you know, embarrassed about it because Mm -hmm. it's like, wait, so I can't, what? I don't get it, you know. Did you date Hmong women where you had to have a chaperone? No, so I I was just a I was a shy little kid. I never I didn't I didn't date I didn't date until after college. I never. Like my fr- the first person I dated wasn't until like four three years after college four years after college yeah I was I was just I was like I was also like a, one of those kids who was just like like you know when I got into yeah, I was like a shy kid and then when I got into high school I just got really into sports so I'm just I became kind of like a meathead I wasn't a mm-hmm. meathead but like I acted the part where like I go throw heavy things around coach mm-hmm. okay <laughs> and that's all I really want to do and my I knew that the only way out of my town the small town I grew up in was uh college football like that was the only way out you know yeah. there was three of us and we're like that's the only way we're gonna get out of here or we're gonna end up coming back here working at the factory and then just living here our whole life so that's all I really wanted to do, so I dedicated my time to that um yeah and then i i don't i've never 
dated among women before. And what? Yeah. So here's the deal. Oh my gosh, true confessions. Oh yeah. my goodness. So, <laughs> then who just, did you give plasma just, to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You now, saw, do people know the story now? You saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah they did. Uh, but they married her last week. I yeah. gave my blood, man. I mean, CDs and plasma yeah. for whom? DVDs. 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 That's yeah. right. It wasn't even Blu-ray, too. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it wasn't for a Hmong woman. Trust me. Um, it. So yeah, and, and I think I always get asked that a lot. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. have you ever dated a Hmong woman? It's like it's not for like lack of not trying. You know, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I've always just done stuff where it's like outside of the box a little bit, outside of the quote unquote Hmong traditional Hmong box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, um, and I grew up in a small town, so like all the Hmong women I knew were like my cousins. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's my cousin. That's my, like, literal, like, cousins, you know? So, See, I tried to, like, stay within the box <laughs> for a long time. And look what you got. I, you got an amazing new box. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I tried to, I knew, because I think growing up, you you hear examples, stories about what you're supposed to do always, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, that, that, it's not like we didn't know what we were supposed mm-hmm. to do. Um, and I think... Over time, as we got older, I think there's less expectation on us Mm -hmm. or there's just, there was just more, I think we just all evolved. And so by the time Mm -hmm. my younger brother and sisters were dating, like I said, they Mm -hmm. didn't have to have a chaperone anymore. And so I think by the time I met Brian, there was just more openness Mm -hmm. in in accepting others. Mm -hmm. And because I wasn't dating anybody, and my brothers and sisters had gotten married. And divorced. And one of them had already gotten divorced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Both sisters. Both sisters. Yeah. Yes. Both sisters have been divorced already. Yeah. Well, yeah. My my mom said the same thing to me. You know, my you know, my she eventually she when we first started, she was like, I want you to really marry a good Hmong woman, you know. Uh, you know, as I got older, and, yeah. you know, dating became a thing. Then eventually they were like, we're looking for some, like, if you can just be with someone who loves you and loves us and accepts us. Like, it yeah. really, we came from here and then it switched over to like, you know, regardless, like we, we want, we want someone to help take care of you and then they, they can love and accept us. And I think they say that because that's what they know, right? Mm-hmm. And so they know that if it's somebody within the community, mm-hmm. they will have more access to the other person's family yeah. should anything go wrong yeah. we know how to talk we know how yep. to negotiate we know how to fix whatever might mm-hmm. might happen between the two of you but if you marry out mm-hmm. we're not sure how that works right yeah. so this 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 combining of families i think in Hmong mm-hmm. families while um while it, it it's not always worked mm-hmm. There was a familiarity to it. And so that, I think that's what our parents wanted for us, what they were familiar with, even though relationships were still difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Even married within that community. Yeah. I, th- I also think, too, that our parents and our grandparents came from surviving a war. And it was like, like, it's so crazy for me to think about this when my mom and dad would say during that, like, basically think of it as like a big explosion. And it was just like, then everybody regrouped at the camps. And it was like, I didn't find out until later in life that three of my uncles weren't technically my uncles. Yeah. Like my mom was, my grandma was like, no, you, you're, you're my sons now because 
your parent died, you know, your parents died mm -hmm. and you're my sons now. Sure. And it was just like, whoa, what? You know, because like everyone just regrouped and they were like, hey, and then this was the way for them to make sure that the families were connected. That's right. That if something happened to you. That's right. Like, you know, if you're a Yang and something happened to you, but but, but because of, you we know, will one provide, of the, right? Yeah, one of the, you know, provide. like, the, like, you know, like one of the Yang daughters is married to a Mua son. It's like, well, the Mua family will take care of you. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I think that that survival mm -hmm. um, mentality mm -hmm. is also what's behind the wanting the daughters to be honorable, wanting mm -hmm. them to be, yep. um, have that, keep that family name. Because if, if you tarnish the name, no one might. Yep marry not only you but your family mm -hmm. your, the other members of your family and then how will we go on right yeah because then who's going to take care of that's right you know and, and i think that uh, what i've learned about our culture and our you know it's actually loving it is at the time yes. it was really restrictive <laughs> yeah but, but i think yeah. that it's the way that you communicate it and the way that you you know it, it because it's so easy to take it and manipulate it yes. and you know and be like oh it's just a bunch of you know controlling da da da, da. but it's like but you got to understand where our parents and grandparents came from yes you got to I, understand I when it was everything was so there wasn't a lot and it was like this is what we had at the end of the day that's you right know? and this is where i think where i want brian to talk about mm -hmm. because i don't know that he would have been ready for this mm -hmm. me and mong mm -hmm. and my community had it not been for his time hmm. abroad yeah, yeah, talk I, to I, us a little I, bit. I, I do really think that. Um, uh, when I was living in Italy, of course, you know, you, you, a lot of cliches, right? Yeah. Uh, have a lot of familism, a lot of, uh, well, in, in, in Italy, there's a, um, uh, a word. It's called campanilismo. The campanile is the tower, the bell tower of the church, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, it is said that your loyalty is only within the sound of the bell. Huh. So each neighborhood is quite distinct, okay? Um, uh, so many things for Italians um, are out of their control. You know, mm -hmm. um, the idea, for example, in America, uh, I, I grew up here, I went away to New York for school, nobody thought that was weird. In mm -hmm. Italy, you would never do that. Um, mm -hmm. If you're a Roman, you go to the University of Rome. That's the way it is. Um, you uh, have, uh, of course, the idea of bella figura, which mm. is very much kind of what you guys are talking about. Mm. You have to show a uh, beautiful face. You have to be right. You have mm. to be polite in a certain way. Um, and of course, the mama is mm. so important. Um, but you know, you just have a lot of obligations. One, I had a younger friend, and uh, she got a lot of the phrase "question on un albergo." This isn't a hotel. So you had, you couldn't just stay out all the all the time. You had to you have dinner with the family all the time. Yeah. So okay, um, that took some getting used to for me, um, and it also after a while made me think, gee, I'm never really going to be Italian because mm -hmm. I don't have family here. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, okay, well, that's Italy. That's kind of what I thought Italy was was going to be, and that's what Italy is. Um, and at this, that time, I was representing a, a, an Italian line in the United States, mm -hmm. and we also were representing a Taiwanese line that we designed. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time in Taiwan, uh, later in Hong Kong and China, mm -hmm. and then I realized, wow, um, this is a lot like Italy. Uh, family family obligations, China's a little different, but Taiwan is very much like Italy mm -hmm. in this way. Uh, people say, you know, you see somebody in the corner, they're probably from that corner. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, the guy in my building, um, the, the guy who owned my building, was born across the street in the family restaurant, he showed me the table. Um, Chinese people, uh, uh, Taiwanese people did very, very many similar things. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that's when I realized we're the weird ones. Mm-hmm. Americans are the weird ones. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, um, and there's good and bad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrison Keillor said, never make a mistake in a small town. Mm-hmm. If you're a mole, um, or at least back then, mm-hmm. um, it's a small town. Yeah. It just it's just spread out. But that's the way it was in Laos too. Yeah. There, there was never yep. geographically contiguous state of mm-hmm. the Hmong people. That never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was there were islands that were connected mm-hmm. um, for by holidays, big families, mm-hmm. clans, stuff like that. Um, and had I not um, experienced that in Italy, mm-hmm. I think when uh, I wouldn't have understand where Puho is coming from at all. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's not completely no, different either. There, dude. Everything, yeah, everything you there. said about you know Italian families and. How you know, like if you're from that town, you end up being that town. Like, I get that. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, like to to be completely honest, if you go to any of the rural areas around here, it's like a family is known in that town. Sure, right? that's, this right. Is, that's right. Like for example, if there's a family who owns like a general store, it's like, yep, that's the Johnson store, and you know, three generations, and you take it over, and it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this over, and it's like, no, like I, I'm I'm proud of it. You see that in restaurants sometimes, you know, where it's like, I'm sure, you know, third generation, whatever, Absolutely. you know, it's like, or butcher shops and all these, just, I get that. Yeah. You know, and then I, it, that's the resonates within me. Um, it's so funny. going back to that first yeah. date, I said, I'm Hmong. And he's like, what? Oh. In fact, I, I, I often like to say the first Hmong person I ever met in my life, I married. <laughs> um, wow. Because um, I was born in 1965. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes you like 25, right, right now? 25, yeah, about 25. 40, 40, about 25. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where would I have met a Hmong person? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I grew up here, but the Hmong people my age mm-hmm. who came over couldn't, probably couldn't speak yep. English, didn't want to high school with me, mm-hmm. nothing like that. Yeah. And then I left. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came back and met Pahua, of course, yeah. everybody asked her the same question, especially then, probably still do. Is that a Hawaiian name? Is yes. that a Hawaiian name? Right? I do get that. Go ahead, darling. What? The oh, Hawaiian thought, name? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 not the Hawaiian name. Uh, so, you were speaking. L- oh, yeah. lip- so I, I've been just dying to know what what is the first like Hmong event? I guess if you want to call it Hmong event, whatever yeah. that you went with Bahua to. Well, um, Ooh, I, I don't can't. Remember. I don't remember what that is. Yeah. But was you know, it like one a thing that was party? Stru- was it like was it like it, a? It must have been kind of a party, some family right? get together. Yeah. Whether it was an extended family, maybe or, a Hmong wedding. Could be yeah. Hmong wedding. Yeah. Could be Hmong wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. Uh, I don't necessarily think Gran Torino was a good movie or anything like that. <laughs> but there's one thing that they yeah. got completely right. Yeah. That's the part when uh, Clint Eastwood goes into the first yeah. time in the mall house yeah. and he smells it. And he's like, that's yeah. what I, I remember that very well. Can, can I, the, the only yeah. critique I have for that, or not the only, yeah. but one of the critique is like, when you, they go in, like a lot of them eat with chopsticks. And I'm like, yeah. we don't oh, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. chopsticks. That's eat with the spoon. They should have yeah. just had spoons. Yeah, yeah. spoons or, or a lot of times your hand too. So yeah. I'm like, I would watch it. I'm like, dude, the chopsticks not real. Yeah. Or like you have this old like 80 year old guy hanging out with all the young kids down in the basement. I'm like, that doesn't happen too. Like, no, that, yeah. that does not happen. No, no, no I agree. Uh, even again, it's, it's movie. You know, it's, it's a movie. Yeah, it's yeah. not even a great movie, yeah, but yeah. that was right. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So it was probably a Hmong wedding or mm-hmm. Hmong funeral. Yep. And Brian was amazed at the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was amazed that all these people getting together cooking it at the funeral home. Yeah. If they were at a funeral, I can't remember yeah. if that was the first day yeah. or not. But these Hmong funerals, I never saw anything like that. Yeah. Um, and Puhua's family had some traditional people in it. Mm-hmm. So they had, a, a, there were a few yeah. traditional Hmong funerals, which, yeah. you know, probably are, I don't want to say they're going away completely, but yeah. my gosh, you don't see, they're not common anymore. Where no one really knows what's going on. Nobody yeah. knows what's going on. I know. Yeah. yeah. Even though well, languages. I don't. Yeah, they, I need a, they need to send out a newsletter or something for those funerals. And just, it sounds weird when we say it like that, but like in, you know, Pahua. It's complicated. And, yeah. So yeah and even Brian, you understand like weddings and funerals, those are the two big things. For you sure. Know? Um, and, and, 
and it's like a funeral like like i always joke like i've been to like white people funerals and it's just like an afternoon you're like mm-hmm. it was you know well, monk funerals are like a week two weeks and it's a process dude it's like four cows later and you know you're and you're, not yeah. quite a week but i mean this is also the similarity between brian's jewish mm-hmm. yeah i'm jewish background so- and Hmong, there are a lot of similarities. There are, there are, there are definitely similarities. Uh, in, in fact, even Jewish history can be kind of reminiscent of Hmong history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the occasional messiahs that, mm-hmm. that, that come up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and the, then the, kind of the wandering. You the know, wandering, the, the, yep. the diaspora stuff, very yep. important. Yep. Uh, no state, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff. The yeah. need for community to carry out rituals, yep. right? That's yep. right. And the passing of names and, you know, all yep. that stuff. And So, Brian. Tell me. What? You you know you got you want that. When did you feel accepted into the community? You know, I I was lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Hmong people would say, "Hey, are people treating you nicely." Stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, like they, yeah. I never had. I, mm-hmm. I I never felt there was any resentment or anything like mm-hmm. that. My uh, uh, in Pua's immediate family, uh, her brother's married to a white person, mm-hmm. so that was not. Uh, I was not the first. I was not even the first. So. Um, uh, I never felt not accepted. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously not Hmong. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a history. Uh, I do have an interest in Hmong culture, Hmong history, mm-hmm. but uh, it's um, I don't feel any more Hmong than I feel Italian. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I also know that what happens to Hmong people in general mm-hmm. uh, it does affect me mm-hmm. because it obviously affects Pahua. Yeah. And uh, I've been riding on Pahua's coattails for 22 years. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> um, why would I do that? It's a nice so, coattail, you know? Um, it's a Gucci coattail. It's, 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 <laughs> class. it's my class. So, um, it's my class. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, it's true. Well, it's very true. <laughs> I think uh, my family was also a little different yet in that mm-hmm. uh, my parents had, had been divorced. Mm-hmm. And I think, I do wonder whether had they stayed together, had they had this more involved relationship with mm-hmm. the Hmong community, had my parents not broken up, I wonder whether it would have been harder for me and harder for Brian. Hmm. But I think that the the divorce happening several many years before I met Brian, I think created an environment where, A, my mom was just more open about things, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think my dad had already remarried, so there was just this separation, and I think there was just this realization that things were changing, mm-hmm. right? So I, I do think that that contributes hmm. to... The acceptance. And similarly, I think for Brian's family, I mean, I was wondering whether they were going to be accepting of me. And yeah. that happened yeah, right was, away. Yeah, was, that, was well. my, that was my next question. Yeah. It, w- it really was an issue for my family. Um, for one thing, yeah, I'm Jewish, but mm-hmm. we never really had a very strong connection mm-hmm. to Jewish culture. Um, my father's an only child. My mother had a brother who never lived in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. really. So there was not the expectations that there were of... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of a lot of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, of course, even in the last 30 years, there's so much Jewish intermarriage. It's just mm-hmm. not, it's mostly not an issue. Mm-hmm. If you're religious, of course it's an mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I have one crazy Hasidic cousin. Yeah. Um, and he <laughs> very, doesn't, was very you know, nice. He was Who super nice to Pua. Nice. Yeah, he yeah. was super nice to Pua. I was, I was, I was surprised. Yeah. Um, but I never, uh, no, there was, there was, that was really never an issue. Um, I don't think. Darling, do you? Or they never told us. They never said anything. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. um, right. I'm sure that maybe there were people in the older generation that, yeah. had, but, you know, I had a, you know, maybe a, a grandfather who was maybe not so accepting, but yeah. everybody said, we like her. Yeah. We don't care about you. So yeah. it was not an issue, really. 
and my 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 brother is not married to a Jewish woman either. So, mm. um, I uh, and like you, I mean, I had a couple of Jewish girlfriends, but mm-hmm. no nobody serious. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was not. Uh, yeah, it was really not that much of an issue, surprisingly. So for for you, like, how do you like? I don't know because like one of the things was, you know, you know, for me, even growing up you know, realizing that there's this one path where I don't know, man, because like I think about it and sometimes I think like, was I really pressured? Like, like mm-hmm. I'm thinking back, like, did my parents go, okay, we want it this way. Or was it them going, this is the only way we know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and this is the safest way because this is the only way we know, because if you take a different route, you know, we can't go with you because we don't understand it, you know? And so like, I don't know, like, cause inside I'm still, I, I still struggle with that. Right. Mm-hmm. I still struggle with like, you know, like, do I, you know, <laughs> it's like the Mulan thing, right? Do I bring honor to us all, mm-hmm. you know, and do it this way? Or do I say, hey, I follow my heart? Because like, that's a that's a struggle for me every day. Like, yeah. and I, I'm not trying to be overdramatic. Every day, that's a struggle for me, you know, because I, I've said this before and I've been really open about it. It's like, man, I, I feel like, like I am... I'm about my family. I'm about mm-hmm. bringing honor to them. I'm a, like, I know the sacrifices that my mom and dad have done. And I, I know all of that. Absolutely. But man, when it comes to this one part of my life, like I freaking just want to fall in love with somebody mm-hmm. regardless of who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, but you I don't think guilty. You, you don't think they'll, they'll, I, it's not I about guess them. we don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not about them. Okay. I think it's about me because uh. I still freaking feel guilty about it. Yeah. Dude, like I feel really guilty. Like, no, yeah, it's all or nothing in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, bless her heart, like every like, I don't know, two, three months, she's like, well, you know, the, uh, we have this aunt over here who has a daughter and da, 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 da. She and, wants to match me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and I get it. I yeah. get it. I'm not mad at that because people, because people, you know, my friends would be like, oh, isn't that annoying? I'm like, no, because I totally would say, I'm, I'm 38. I'm Are the- you not a little bit interested? Um, Now... <laughs> No, not really. Sometimes I'm like, hey, the worst was like my mom was like, hey, come over to the house. Uh, we want you to, I have some stuff in the garage for you to pick up. I'm like, oh, sure, whatever, mom. And I'm like, sure. And so I was like, <laughs> like, I was like, I called her in the morning. I was like, yeah, before we go to the restaurant, before the restaurant in the morning, I'm like, I'll come and go grab some. goes, oh, and also, you know, there was this uh, funeral in town and we have some, you know, we have some, some of family from my my side sure. some of their daughters are staying you know we're hosting them at our place you come over and say hi and i'm like ah looks like i'm not gonna make it over to grab that stuff from the garage i'll come next week you know like yeah. i know i know this but then there's a part in my heart where i feel super guilty like mm-hmm. i feel like there's a little voice that's like dude like why don't you just bite the bullet do what you need to do mm-hmm. you know and 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 just you know honor them this way do your sisters have to do it uh, what, what do you mean? Like, do they have to do? It? No, I mean, I don't think they ever felt like they had to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're both, you know, like my sisters, you know, my, all my siblings are married to Hmong people. Like they're, yeah. I don't think they ever felt like, oh, you need to do it this way. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like I've, if there's one more gift I can give them, I want to do it this way. But, but, but inside, I, I know that it's not like, sounds so cheesy, but I know that it's not mm-hmm. true to me. You know, yeah. it sounds so cheesy, but I know that like my heart desire is like, I just want to, f- like, why can't I be freaking selfish in this one area? But like, I'm, I'm taught not to be selfish. And again, I love that. I love, 
living and dying for something greater than yourself. Like, I yeah. love that. Like, that resonates inside of me. That's what gives me drives for what we do at the restaurant. That's what gives me drive for saying, this is how we're going to gr uh, grow all of this because it's for it's for their legacy. It's a legacy setting tone for my parents. Mm -hmm. Well, I think if my mom was here with us, mm -hmm. she would say to your parents, if mm -hmm. they also were here, mm -hmm. that in the end, what we want is our kids to be happy, mm -hmm. right? And we want them to have a life partner who appreciates them, respects them, supports them, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it is what you said earlier about this is what they know. Mm -hmm. So they're going to tell you what they know because, um, and we talked about this in a previous show, mm -hmm. it's hard for our parents to tell us they love us. Mm -hmm. So it's through these, here's what we would like for mm -hmm. you, here's what we would want for you. That's their way of showing love, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think if you, in the end, you should do, I think, what is right for you. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately they'll support you as, I mean, two I, people who- I don't doubt that they'll support me yeah. because everything I've done- They have, up yeah, to yeah, this yeah, point yeah. already. I, I, you know, I don't doubt. Even when I've made mistakes, even when I screwed up, even when I'm like, hey, I'm gonna come up, I'm gonna have to like live with you guys for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like they've always supported me. I, I just feel like there's just like this, inside me you know like the self-guilt inside of me do you yeah. know what i'm saying does that make yeah, sense like it it's, it's nothing on their part i don't think it is right. at it's all. you i know it's me but yeah. i i i don't know because i've always been like okay listen to you <laughs> it's like listen to your heart do what you know but then i feel like my heart sometimes struggles like there's that pull from yeah. it you know it's it's interesting because um there are two famous guilt cultures in the united states yeah um <laughs> oh, yeah. right one is jewish guilt yeah. and one is catholic guilt mm -hmm. okay there's probably other guilt too, okay? Uh, but these there's are the ones I'm thinking guilt. of. There's Hmong mom well, guilt. <laughs> Jewish guilt and yeah. Hmong guilt is very similar because <laughs> Jewish and Hmong guilt are, am I Jewish enough? Am mm -hmm. I Hmong yep. enough? Catholic guilt is, have I failed my obligations to God? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's very different. Mm -hmm. It's very different than, than mm -hmm. uh, that is to say, Hmong and Jewish guilt are very mm -hmm. similar in the sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, like, for you, Pahua, like, yep. did you ever feel that pressure? Like, to be Hmong, you have to, married this kind of person to, to look like this to, to have this kind because like again like you're a baller i really admire you and and what you in your career everything you've done like you're like I, you set your sight on something and you go for it and that's like even like you know um a few years ago just reading up on your career and reading up on what you're doing like that you're you're somebody where i'm like man i hope she wants to be my friend one day you know i remember <laughs> i read an article about you and i was like oh i want to be her friend you know uh but did you ever feel that, that inside to for be like sure growing up and I, I like i just told you i mean just following the rules mm -hmm. wanting to be the kid that does the right thing right um wanting the pressure because of the sacrifices our parents had mm -hmm. the need to always be excelling right to have to be successful was so much pressure and i think relationship wise in my mind i thought these are the things that you must do to be a good daughter and a good daughter-in-law. You, you marry Hmong. Yep. You have kids, mm -hmm. and you also somehow have to have this career, mm -hmm. but fulfill all your Hmong family obligations. Yeah. And when I was dating a Hmong mm -hmm. guy in a very serious relationship, mm -hmm. I thought, this is it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, I'm on this track. Um, and in some ways, it, it was easier to be with someone who, was, who you didn't have to explain why you were doing certain things. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, there yeah. is a, a fluidity to that yeah. relationship that we didn't, we didn't have to discuss it. Even if we didn't understand what we had to do, mm -hmm. we didn't have to 
someone was going to tell us, yeah. right? Because we we were from that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it wasn't that I didn't want to marry a Hmong man. It was that the other piece that I wanted to fulfill was, was this career that I wanted for mm-hmm. myself. So by the time I had got to, by the time I was ready for marriage, many of the men I was dating were already married, mm-hmm. right? So they they were they were on their own track. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like Brian was like the second prize. It was just... <laughs> what are you talking about? He's yeah. the only prize. <laughs> yeah, he is the prize. <laughs> but I think by that point, I was like, okay, well, what are... I was stronger in what I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Did I really want kids, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And you cannot not be sure mm-hmm. and marry into a Hmong family. Mm-hmm. It is expected, right? Mm-hmm. That is a yeah. huge disappointment. Yeah. And I wasn't sure after it was around grad school whether that was something I really wanted mm-hmm. anymore. And I think that made me, it, it was harder to, to stay on that track that mm-hmm. I at one time had for myself mm-hmm. to make my parents happy. And I also thought to make myself happy, mm-hmm. I could go down this route, marry this moment, have these children. Mm-hmm. But I think as time went on, I just realized that that wasn't something I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I too felt that guilt at that time. Yeah. I no longer feel it today, mm-hmm. but certainly back then. Yeah, I always, I always think that I wonder if like, you know, I, we were, um, I don't know, we were, there was this group that wanted to do something with us and the guy said like, oh yeah, like well, we read about what you guys do. You're like, you're like the dude, like your, your thing is like about family, you know, like, and I, I got really angry when he said that. Where he's like, that's like your shtick. Like, you know, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's oh. your shtick. Like, be shtick all about, like, Yiddish. Of course I yeah, understand. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, your shtick yeah. is, like, the family thing, you know, where you're doing this fall for your family. I remember he said that. And I was a little frustrated. I'm like, whatever, dude. But um, I feel like sometimes, and I ask myself, and these are the things I ask myself before I fall asleep, which is probably not a good idea, then I can't sleep, is are you, are you pushing hard on making sure that people remember who your parents are or know their legacy? Are you doing that because you're trying to, like, quench out this other guilt where you're like you know what i'm saying this mm-hmm. other side this other guilt so you're trying to balance it out that way and i know I, I i struggle with that um even with everything that we do and people are like oh your parents must be really proud and i'm like they are and i think so but then i think inside i'm like i don't think i've done enough yet mm-hmm. so like to do enough like should i follow that path of you know marrying a Hmong woman having Hmong kids the care my mom says this and I, and I know she doesn't mean it in any malice way or any bad way she's just like my own dad always says this and my mom's just like you know before before we before your dad and I pass away we just want to be able to hold and kiss the head of all our grandkids oh, our, our grandbabies you know like and yeah. she would like look at me she was like all of them, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, know? you know, like current and maybe future, future ones, ones, you know, and, and I totally get what they mean. I, I, I get it. I totally get it. But again, they, when I hear them, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, OK, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll try something, you know. Yeah. But again, I'm like, why can't I be freaking selfish in this one spot? Mm-hmm. Why can't I just do this? Because like I want to madly fall in love with someone and whoever that person is, you know, instead of saying, hey, like. I'll give them this part too, you know? Yeah. I, I won't do this because I, I feel so guilty inside, you know? And I think you can. And it, and it's not here yet, right? Or, or, yeah. or maybe it is here for you. I think once they see that, you know, I yeah. hope that they... I feel like it's therapy now with you. Mm-hmm. It does feel a little therapy <laughs> like, hey, now. you guys want to yeah. listen to my problems? <laughs> so, w- so 
I mean, you guys come a long way. And, you know, Pahor, like, I'm, I'm going to be very honest here and just say this is like, you know, like where you were just talking about having kids, right? Because mm-hmm. in Hmong families, it's so, it's, it's almost, yeah, it's, it's almost like there's this shame. You know, if you're married and you don't have kids, like I remember my my aunt, my mom's older sister, she doesn't have any kids, you know, and I, you know, it was she actually she was one of the ones who came with my mom over to our uh, our kitchen and and over at state fair. She um, helped my mom like, you know, every day they did about thousand pounds of sticky rice they made over there, you know. And I remember they were done and we, you know, and we wrote him a check and he's like, hey, thank you so much. And my aunt was crying Mm. and she kept crying because she said. I don't have any kids of my own that I can help. Mm. I don't. Ha- mm. I have no children that I can help. I have no children that I could be a service to. Mm. And she, and in our culture, and I explained this to uh, some friends who are white, and they're like, "Oh, that's cute," you know, or like, "Oh, that's nice." And but it's like, no, but you have to understand in our culture. It's like we don't have social security. You know who your social security? Is? Some children, the kids. Yeah, it was a state back in yeah. the house. Yep. Yeah. And so she, like my aunt, like she literally it gets sad um when she doesn't have any children that she can help or watch and so like you know she always watches my sister's kids and she helps out here and there and she loves it yeah she loves being able to come over and watch her kids she loves to come over and help you know in in our kitchen because she she'll come in our kitchen she's in the back washing dishes she, she's sweeping things she's cleaning out the bathroom i'm always like like pause stop <laughs> like like we have we pay people for that mm-hmm. you know she's like no 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 i'll do it because she wants to be in service to especially help her kids. And I remember right. she was crying and she said that. And my mom said to her, like, my kids have always been your kids. You know, yeah. you've watched every one of them. You've taken care of everyone. You've fed every one of them. They're your kids, too. And and it, and it hit me. This thing hit me. And this and it dawned upon me mm-hmm. like how important children is, you know, in our culture. I and think, so, I think- yeah, I just want to throw that question out. Like, how do you guys maneuver through that? Or how do you maneuver through that? Well, I think that. For our parents and mm-hmm. our aunts, and mm-hmm. I think the the value of a woman was the mm-hmm. family For and sure. what she mm-hmm. could produce in of terms course. of children. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was the continuing the line. That was growing the mm-hmm. the team you needed to yeah. farm. It yeah. was your social security, yeah, as you well, say, yeah, exactly. and so it was the biggest gift that she could give to her community right and i think that i'm guessing your aunt is of a certain age where this was very expected of her Mm -hmm. and that she was going to deliver on that Mm -hmm. promise i think it's it's different for me Mm -hmm. right we don't have a farm (laughs) we don't we don't need a team Yeah. yeah and i think that the value of a woman and a value of what we can bring to our own relationship and to my family is different right Mm -hmm. So my providing is different, yeah. right? Um, I have, while we don't have children, I also feel I have 20 people on my payroll, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's because, true. And, yeah. and that's the, the, the must succeed part, right? Yeah. So as, as I get new positions, it's not just for me. Yeah. You know, I still feel the obligation of needing to fulfill, it might not be through raising children, mm-hmm because that's what we needed at one time, but mm-hmm. it is still a very big piece of, of what I have to do, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of bills that need to be paid that aren't mine, mm-hmm. but we do it, mm-hmm. right? And that that's the piece that I think for, had Brian not been in Italy, he probably would be like, why are we, why doing, are we doing this, this for your yeah. family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and I don't really want to have to explain to you why yeah. we need to do it. Yep. We just yeah. got to do it, right? Here's a funeral. This is the cash we're going to put yep. in this yep. envelope yep. at this Dude, funeral. Okay, that's so awesome you say that because, like, because, like, again, if you're married in a monk family, you just get that. A wedding. You just get, like, here's the cash. Boom. You put it down. And there's the dude who takes, you know, he That's takes right. down. He's the accountant. You know, he takes down what is put down. Yeah. Yeah. Every every cash contribution will be accounted for. Yep. Right. And so these are the things that over time Brian has understood. Mm-hmm. Ah, I know what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to do this. And now that we're married, we have to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we didn't have this understanding, if Brian wasn't. Um, receptive to this, I mm-hmm. think this would be a really different conversation we'd yeah, have with yeah. you today. Or it wouldn't be one, right? Or there yeah, would yeah, be it wouldn't one. Be conversation. Wouldn't be year 17. That's right. So I, I yeah. think that I, I I hear that story of that woman mm-hmm. and I know that story, yeah. right? Because I've heard it in the mm-hmm. kitchens growing up mm-hmm. yep. when you're in the other room with the aunts and the moms mm-hmm. cleaning and cooking. You, that's Those are the stories you heard. Yeah. Some For those, sure. Some of those mom aunties are so vicious in the things they say. Oh, it's horrifying. And and it's like today. Still, yeah, still, yeah. still. It's like, oh, well, she doesn't have kids. Ugh, I don't know about her. You know, yeah. it's just like your value just dropped because you don't have kids. I, I even as a as a, you know, Hmong dude, in, you know, 38, like I get asked all the time. Like, you know, when we when we do events or whatever and 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 there are uh, an older Hmong couple there, uh, a Hmong, you know, who I would consider an uncle or aunt, you know, yeah. and they would be like, hey, uh, uh, how are your kids at home? Like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, my joke's always like, yeah, I've got kids. I got like 20 of them, and, but I pay them, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're on my payroll and whatever. And they kind of, you know, we all kind of laugh about it. But um, I do feel I as even a dude. Yeah. I do still feel that where they're like, oh, so like who takes care of your kids when you're gone at the restaurants? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. about that. Not or, yet. you know, my, you know, my mom's, you know, some of my mom's, you know, cousins will be like, oh, like wife yet? Do you need one? We can figure this out for you, you know, and any kids, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, nah, man, you know, yeah. and again, that's kind of the part of that guilt sometimes I carry, you know, even from a dude side too, you know, I, I feel that. So like, Brian, for you, like, what when was like did you just because you do you you were kind of you know you you lived abroad for a little mm-hmm. bit you, you kind of you were you know even though it was italy you were still immersed in a culture that wasn't your own Correct. so yeah, you, right. so that helped you transition a little bit more into the Hmong culture understanding like hey this is cross-cultural stuff for you and how you know how Paho was talking about how you guys accepted these, there's these traditional Hmong values and stuff mm-hmm. and you you accepted them. Like, mm-hmm. was there like an aha moment that you accepted them or it is slowly, it just goes, oh, this is what we do at weddings. This is what we do at funerals. Like, you know, if they have cousins come in and goes, hey, we're going to, you know, pull out the couch or we're going to- Pull out know. the egg crates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> well, um, I will say this. Um, one thing that I think really helped was when Pooh and I first started seeing each other, and it's funny that we go back to the Sopranos on this because uh, <laughs> the Sopranos are actually quite important in this way. We used to do something. Uh, we used to play a game. What's the Hmong version? Oh, that's so awesome. we I'm did that start with playing Sopranos. That game. We did it with Romeo and Juliet. We did it with a few other cultural yeah, productions. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna start when 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 Pooh would say, I, yeah. it would make a certain kind of mm-hmm. sense because it was in a cultural framework that I understood yeah, yeah. from Italy or from just watching yeah, yeah. television. Um, and uh, so um, I don't think there was one particular aha mm-hmm. moment, but I will say because when I said. I think I just said to Pua, what do you think the Hmong version would be? And she immediately knew. Mm-hmm. That's when I thought, well, yeah. I'm not going to let this person go. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it, it, 
there was a sort of aha moment because it 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 just made sense because I could say it and she understood immediately. Uh, that was in a way her inviting me into mold culture, mm. in my opinion. I don't know what you think of that or even remember about yeah. it, but that was that was absolutely the case. And uh, it also allowed me to ask questions, mm -hmm. you know, that maybe you'd feel embarrassed to ask in mm -hmm. another context. Um, I think just the genuine interest in it, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah. not everybody is interested. It's truly interested in your mm -hmm. background. And I think we were of each other's background. Yeah, because you, you two, what I really enjoy about you two, you guys are just naturally curious people mm. where you ask questions if you don't understand and you want to understand. And those are like some of the funnest people to talk to, you know? Yeah. And those like, especially like if you go on like dates, those are the funnest dates where you're like, yeah, I, you, this was a fun four hours. We still relive this date. We talked really? about Alex Katz every yeah. all, we all the time. We talked about, yeah, there's, yeah. we, we relive all the things we talked about on this date. Yeah. Brian's uncle had just written a book about the family. We talked family, about yeah. that. Oh. Um, we talked about, um, gosh, what else did we talk about? Well, you know, the things that, that well, some of the stuff we mentioned. Um, and you can see there's a certain, um, I, I don't want to say sameness, there's a certain system mm -hmm. of the things we talked about. If, 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 we, if I mentioned Alex Katz and Leo Boot, um, uh, James Gandolfini, yeah. uh, it's, you begin to see a certain cultural matrix in mm -hmm. which that makes sense um, because they are, they were, um, they were at, the, at, at on the one hand not typical mm -hmm. of uh, American white culture, I, mm -hmm. I would say in general, um, but at the same time, it's something that people are interested in. Everybody's mm -hmm. interested in it. Um, the reason that the Sopranos and Shakespeare work is that people can easily see themselves, their, their own cultures in these things. You depend, it doesn't matter what your cultural matrix as mm -hmm. a background, even if you view it as a contrast. Mm -hmm. um, but there obviously were a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things that uh, Pooh and I had in common that I didn't mm -hmm. even, that I still sometimes, uh, still sometimes uh, surprise me or, or interest mm -hmm. me. Um, one thing I do remember at the time was, I thought, well, I'm gonna go to the library and see what books I can read about more people. Yeah. And the shelf was real narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as narrow anymore. Yeah, it yeah, isn't yeah. as narrow no. anymore. But he did read the three books he found. Yeah. I did. What, 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 I did. what were your three books? Well, one of them was Anne Fadiman's book. Um, and it's kind of interesting that, what's, you, you what's know, okay, one? well, that, that's... They, they Anne Fadiman is the author uh, of a book called The Spirit Cash. Yeah, The Spirit Cash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which, uh, uh, you know, is very much of its time. Mm -hmm. um, what she talks about uh, in the late 70s, early mm -hmm. 80s, when uh, Leo yeah. came yep. over, it's really not true anymore. No, no, no. Um, and she also has a certain idea about, um, a certain, I, I think Western idea, not even wrong, it's not even wrong, but, yeah. so, Anne Fetterman talks a lot about moral beliefs, yeah. it, you know. Was she an anthropologist? Or I think what, she's just a journalist. Her, her back, okay, she's I think just, she's a journalist. Okay, um, she's a good journalist, but she's a journalist. And uh, she just, I don't know how mm -hmm. she found out about this, mm -hmm. but she did, and she went to Fresno and everything like that. Um, but for example, she'd say, well, most people believe X and most people believe yeah, Y. Yeah, yeah. So then I would ask my mother-in-law, hmm? and she said, I never heard of that. Hmm. Because it's not, Hmong culture is not like Western yep. culture. And yep. There's no pope, okay? Yep. There's no president. There's no Absolutely. central and policy thing. Bro, right? that is the thing where, this is why sometimes, like, especially when we do Hmong food, right. and people give us so much pushback on it. Yeah. Because it's like, well, that's not how we are. I know. It's yeah. a blend. And it's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. There's a uh, professor at the university called uh, uh, my 
Mai Li, mm-hmm. and uh, she seems very interesting. I, I don't, I, I, I never much hear about her, but I, I've been reading her book. And one thing she talks about is the difference between Chinese and Hmong culture. Mm-hmm. She said Chinese culture is like a rock that rolls down a hill. Mm-hmm. It runs over stuff and it picks it up and keeps mm-hmm. rolling. Mm-hmm. Hmong culture is about branching. Mm. Everybody lives oh, these se- very separate I things. So, like you know, in Laos, you have green and blue and yep. Hmong and yep. uh, spotted and all that yep. stuff. In in China, which is very close, yeah, yeah. it's different ones. Yep. In Vietnam, Vietnam it's different yeah, ones. Mong, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, the the um, you know the clans here, the yeah. the, uh, the clans there, mm-hmm. Li and Lo, the mm-hmm. very important ones. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not so important in other parts of the world. So you yeah. can't. It's very hard to generalize yeah. about such things. How did we get here? I remember. No, 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 no. no. We, regardless, I love this where we're, we're branching <laughs> out here. It's because that makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's I think that sometimes. The thing is with younger generation of Hmong people I've learned is that that for them, they get nervous because then it's like, well, we don't have our own identity. So we have to grab our own identity, you know, and then what they try to do, I think, is they they, they try to pull really hard back. And then it's like, you know, they, they want to be that rock, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm like, it's OK being the branch. It's OK yeah. branching. It's OK. Like we have to embrace what we're good at, yep. you know. And that's like, you know, I, I talked to I talked to my cooks about that. Some of these young cooks, you know, where they want to be like this, like they want to do it this one way because they saw this one chef and they're going to do that. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to realize, like, if you're good at something, like you got to embrace what you're good at. You know, you can either like like um, pitching. Right. You can go to all the clinics. You can have all the you know, go have all the coaching you want. But if your arm is not throwing over 48 miles an hour, you're you're not. I mean, maybe yeah. you can get up to 58, yeah, right. but it, you're not, you're mm-hmm. not going to do it. Like, but there are some guys, you know, who are like, no goes, no training, no clinic, nothing. And they're going 90, boom, mm-hmm. boom. And you know, sometimes you're just not built that way. And I think that with Hmong people, I'm like, if we embrace what we're, we're able to do and how we able, how we're able to evolve because we can adapt to whatever life throws us, like that's our culture. That's our people right there. You know, um, and I think that, that yes, I hear you, but I think there also are people who are fearful of what we lose, right? Yes, yeah. that, that was my next for sure. line yeah. I was gonna talk about. Yeah. Because that's that's the, the biggest thing when, especially with intermarriage, mm-hmm. that is the biggest fear. That's mm-hmm. right. For sure. Well, what's your kid gonna be? Is, yep. is, he, is he white? Is he black? Is he Mexican? Is he Hmong? Like if he's half Hmong, half Mexican, like well, how, how does that work? That's right. You know, even and enough of this intermarriage and then there yeah. won't be any. Right. Yeah. yeah. You won't be shocked to hear the Jews talk about the exact same thing. Of course. The exact same reason. Yeah. yeah. So how, like, how, what, what would you say to that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I guess I don't have a question, but like, how do we I don't know, because I, I think about that a lot. Yeah. You know, even even monk kids today are losing the language. That's for right. Sure. They're losing the language and they're fully like mom is Hmong, <laughs> like dad is Hmong. Well, and that's why in the in the in the last episode that I was mm-hmm. with you when mm-hmm. I was on, we talked about what are those things that we gravitate towards wanting to preserve, right? Mm-hmm. So I talked about that young shaman, right? Mm-hmm. Billy, who, right? Billy, mm-hmm. who, who despite his Christian upbringing, mm-hmm. he wanted mm-hmm. to pursue this, this practice. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a return to wanting to preserve the things mm-hmm. we can preserve, our language, our mm-hmm. food, through you and others. I know yours is a blend, <laughs> but I think that those things are things we can do. Mm-hmm. Despite this inter, you know, um, marriage, mm-hmm. I think that 
you know, Brian is interested in Hmong history, so am yeah. I. We are interested in preserving the language. I would like to be better at writing it mm -hmm. and reading it. It's something I want to do, mm -hmm. and we talked about doing that. Yeah. And I think that you and I, yeah, could do that mm -hmm. today if we wanted to, right, moving yeah. forward. So I think that there is, there needs to be a commitment to doing that. Yeah, and I also think, too, is it looks different than when, our, again, when our parents were about how do we preserve our culture or how do we preserve our people or our culture, right? Mm -hmm. Because again, they come from this pace, place of suffering, pain, and death. Survival. Yeah, it was. And we're not there. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we, we don't have to be because that. Because of what they've done, now we have a stepping stone and we can do it our, you know, I wouldn't say we do it our way, but we, can, we have a different way of doing it. Well, part of why yeah. it still needs to be done is it wasn't documented when yep. they were doing it, yes. right? There's finally like more yep. resources to document. The first time we can literally archive, That's right. document this archive. Like I'm seeing Monk Sentences diagram. That has mm -hmm. never, yeah. that was, that didn't happen when I was yeah. in college even, right? Yeah. Or even talking to like Professor Li Pao and how he broke down like certain Hmong words and goes, okay, right. why why are they using these words to create this word? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. For us, it was just, that's just the way yeah, it is. Yeah, that was the word you use. You but know? now we know, okay, this word is a classifier. Mm -hmm. And this that's yeah. why we build these three words together for it to mean this concept, right? Yep. Yeah. And but so, we, we were never taught those. No. Things. And even the idea of like parsing a sentence. Yeah. Mm, it was that's just why like, it was just, really hard to teach other people mm -hmm. and our kids mm -hmm. but we have those tools now yeah and so i don't know as i, I think about as you're saying that i'm thinking about it and i'm you know in my head i'm like wow this is the first time i've really actually even thought about that yeah you know that like what does it look like for us our generation now in 2023 to preserve our culture and our people what does it look like because right. 50 60 years ago it's a little different from that because before it was just only through our children. Mm -hmm. Now it's, yeah. it could be through other means. And I think that's like one of the things we talk about because our, our our parent company is called Hill Tribe and people yeah. are like, oh, that's two words. And I'm like, no, I we, we want it as one word. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's just like that unification is like Hill Tribe is one word. And, and if you really break it down and, you know, the Hmong people weren't the only Hill Tribe people in the mountains of Laos. There was sure, many, sure. many different groups of ethnic people in there. They mm -hmm. were just considered the hill tribe people. And they were always the people that were like, yeah, they're not gonna amount to much. They live in the mountains. You know, they're, they're kind of scavengers, you yeah. know? And and I always tell this to, like when I go speak at high schools, I always tell this and like when the, you have to realize that when the, the government first, the US government came into Laos and said, we need fighters, we need troops. They went to those mountains. They found those people because they knew that they were, incredible prolific fighters that never gave up and i always you know i think my crescendo that i say to the to the young um especially among high schoolers i'm like that the blood that pumps through their vein is the same blood that pumps through your vein so so don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something because let me tell you about your great great grandfather you know or your grandfather or your father and the wars they fought to get you here yeah you know and so now we get to do you know we didn't get to add on to that and the reason why we do this is I, I'll be very honest in our company, in our restaurant, like we don't have that many Hmong people, but we have all kinds of people, all sorts of people from all backgrounds. And I told them this and they're, and everyone's always like, oh, well, so you have to be Hmong to work here? I'm like, no, not at all. Yeah. Man, we, we get to create our own tribe and you know, we get to create our own group. You know, we get to create a, a, a place where some, a lot of cooks and especially from restaurants, you know, in you guys understand this is like these are the people most of these people are the people where most people are like oh you're not kind of you know it's cool like you go cook and whatever 
there's not a lot of hope in some of these people. But one of the things I love doing is being able to grab this these people and say, hey, look, like, come stick with us. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like we can build something together mm -hmm. here. And that's why for us, it's very important to like that we're called Hill Tribe. Yeah. You know, so like that's I mean, that's I guess like just talking right now, that's like one of the realization that's like sinking onto me right now. I'm like, oh, you know, 50, 60 years ago, this is how we keep our people going. This is how we keep our culture going. Fast forward that it's changed a little bit, but we're still doing the same thing that our parents and grandparents are doing 50, 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. In some ways. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, the, there's a big difference between Laos and here. Mm -hmm. I mean, your grandparents. Have your you been back, by the way? Have you been back? I'm going in April. Oh, oh man. We're filming a show out there. That's oh, awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so uh, interesting. Yeah, it's uh, the, we're filming this project out there and they're gonna uh, take me to the uh, mountains area and i go to different wow. Hmong villages and cook with them we went in 2010 wow. okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing i'm a little nervous because it's like a long flight i looked at the flight like i'm like oh my gosh it's like two days of flying basically flight's not the issue my friend the the ride from vinchian or yeah. uh, or luan prabang up to the mountains that's yeah, the, the bus, issue right who in knows it might be all paved over now maybe yeah. it is it wasn't when we were there 10 hours to go over miles I've, I've uh, I've I'm used to a different comfort life now yeah. <laughs> in my in my uh, Tacoma. <laughs> yeah. Fine. No, but uh, you know, one of the things that I really would love for you guys and to say is like, what if, what if we have people who are listening that are saying, hey, look, I feel like I have a partner. I have I'm with somebody who's not from the Hmong uh, culture or not from you know not from the community. And I feel bad and guilty. Like, what, what are things that you guys want to say to them? What are things where you guys can kind of speak into them? Let's kind of put you guys on the spot. Wow. Um, I obviously, if if this is a real issue in mm -hmm. your relationship, mm -hmm. um, your relationship is going to be it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be really, really hard mm -hmm. because uh, one thing that. You know, we, we talk about the United States, and you know, in some sense, it's true. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of what I was talking about before. Um, well, Joyce said uh, we one of his characters in um, in Port of the Artist says history is a nightmare from which we are trying to awake. Mm. That's what he talked about in terms of Ireland, um, and America, in some sense, promises you don't have to you you have awakened from history. You don't have to. Uh, be with somebody who's like you. You can you can invent yourself. That's mm -hmm. why Great Gatsby is the mm -hmm. American novel. Um, uh, but if this is an issue, um, you shouldn't. Uh, you can't force these things. Mm -hmm. It seems to me. Um, I was real lucky mm -hmm. because my experiences. I don't think it was ever terribly hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, I was real lucky. Uh, I don't know what you think, darling. I think that every relationship can be hard, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you marry within your own culture, yeah, it can be sure. hard. And we've relationship we've in seen general. some really yeah. tragic stories, yep. you know, even within the last year or two of mm -hmm. just really tragic stories of Hmong people married um, to each other, maybe too young, mm -hmm. um, children. It's It can be stressful. So any relationship is stressful mm -hmm. and it can be hard. Mm -hmm. I think that what two people have to get right mm -hmm. is a do our values align mm -hmm. i think if brian said i really don't you know if he had signaled family wasn't important yeah. to him uh, that probably wouldn't have worked out but as it is right now brian sees my mom more often than i do because mm -hmm. they work out of the same building right mm -hmm. so he's got eyes on her 
five days a week, six days a week. Maybe that was your mom's plan the whole and, time. And I could do all the things that I can do because <laughs> yeah. Brian is actually mm -hmm. keeping it down at home. Mm -hmm. So I think it, and I don't know that he necessarily needed to be Hmong to do that. Mm -hmm. I think if he were Hmong, he would probably just, not, not that we even had to talk about mm -hmm. that, but I think that it is something he wanted to do. So I think mm -hmm. that if you're feeling guilty, I think the question to ask yourself is, what is making it difficult, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if if two people are trying to make it work, mm -hmm. um, as we have made it work, and every relationship, especially mm -hmm. a marriage, mm -hmm. requires constant work, mm -hmm. and there's it's going to change and it's mm -hmm. going to evolve. And I think that you've got to be in it for the right reasons. Did you guys ever have like a sit down and talk about this, or did it just like naturally just kind of form? Do you know what I'm saying? I we never had. I don't ever remember. We never had the talk. No, yeah, like, but like like what, what I was talking about before with Sao Tao. And, and yeah, yeah. That was the talk. Yeah. You know. And I think it was just things like, well, I've got to go and help my mom. Mm -hmm. Can I come along? What mm -hmm. can I do? Right. Yeah. So it's these things that again signal that this person is not going to make me feel bad. Yeah. About so, how, oh, the things again, have to be. We're going to another wedding, another thing. That, that's why I yeah. wonder where the guilt comes from, mm -hmm. right? Because for me or for, no, for, anybody, for, oh, okay. for this hypothetical yeah. question, because mm -hmm. if I had to say I can't go to help her because I, this person is making me feel mm -hmm. or bad yeah. about it, and that guilt that I feel yeah. of not being able to fulfill that, yeah. that can only go so far. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, just listening to you two talk, and by the way, you guys are an adorable couple. Oh, thanks. Um, and just seeing the way that. <laughs> You guys talk to each other and the way that you guys communicate with each other. The one thing that hits me really hard is the fact that you're a fan of Brian and Brian is a fan of you. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and that's like so cool. Yeah. Like, like that's more than cool. Cool. Sorry, that that wasn't the right word. That's like amazing. That's you know, what that's that's the goal. That yeah. But, but you guys her. are fans of each other. We so are like, fans of so each other. So it's like yeah. you're like, We're hey, yeah. And so Papa was like, hey, I gotta go do this family thing. As her fan, you're saying, yep. I want to come along too. That's right. It, it's not a, oh, guess, whatever, we're obligated. And because we don't do yeah. that, the people around us, including our parents, mm -hmm. see it. Yes. Right? So, and they might not even see it from their kids who are married mm -hmm. in the Hmong to a Hmong person. Mm -hmm. Right. So over, this is changing the way they are thinking. Like, yeah. oh, at one time we thought someone from the outside couldn't love yes. you. Yep. The way that someone in our yeah. culture could. Yeah. And I will say, Brian is my, the, well, my mother has no Hmong son-in-laws anymore now, yeah, but that's true, that's true, he yeah. is the only one. I am the only son-in-law. And I'm therefore, like, last man standing, what's yeah. up? And we joke, the favorite one and the least favorite one. Yeah. You, you, yes, you I'm, do I'm just the one. one you're, number like, thousand. you're like, I have two categories. So I think the guilt is, the guilt comes when you think you can't fulfill the thing that your parents want, what mm -hmm. your parents want for you. And that's what you're kind of feeling now. Because you haven't yeah. done it yet. It's but it's not them. It I, I I want to be very clear that it's not their pressure. It's not them saying, Yeah, do this. No, not no, at all. It's, it's just, just it's just inside your own I'm thinking. working through right. that. Yeah. But because I, I can mm -hmm. and we have, yeah. then I don't have that anymore. Yeah. Right. I, I remember a funny story about my little niece that we you know helped you know, helped bring up when she was a little kid. Yeah. And uh Pooh was talking to her about a Hmong phrase, uh, mm -hmm. which was uh if Hmong people mm -hmm. don't love Hmong people, mm -hmm. who is going to love Hmong people? Mm -hmm. And Olivia looked at me and said, Uncle Brian? <laughs> <laughs> you just look at her, you're like, you'll always have Uncle Brian. I'm like, well, that's an answer. That's an answer. Yeah, that'll work. Good job, that'll Olivia. Works, you I know? guess that's yeah. true. You're like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I got your back. Well, I as much as, you know, the heart of this was, you know, to, to get to know you guys, uh, 
Uh, I also learned a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like I said before, you guys are an adorable couple. Okay. And, Thank uh, you. And, Thanks. And I think one of the one of the biggest lessons I learned from this is beyond the whole uh, intercultural, you know, family intercultural marriage. It's being a fan of your partner, mm-hmm. like you know, and being a fan of each other and fighting for each other, warring for each other, and saying, "Hey, like this value you value this, I value it." Yeah. Because we're together on this, and like to to me. That's so mong, like yeah. that that that's that's so that's a huge part of our culture, you know, to say that why well, will take on your burdens because we're one, you know, even in in mong marriages and you see how the clans come together, yeah, you know, it's like you know we're we're family now, you know, and even the way that you, if you listen to some of our aunts, you know, and our uncles and they, the way they talk, it's not like oh yeah that's their kid, it's like no that's our son, that's, that's right. our daughter, you know. And I, I, I love that. That's what I value. And it just, and that exudes inside of, you know, your relationship and seeing you guys around. Um, the best and- wedding advice I got was that, you know, once when you're married, when you're a couple, it should be about the two of you against the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you, when that starts to break down, I mm-hmm. think that's when challenges happen. And I think mm-hmm. for us, for our 22 years mm-hmm. and 17 years mm-hmm. being married, right, yeah. it, it's the... Yeah, I, I know that it's it's hard, and I know for other people it it doesn't. There are other challenges, mm-hmm. so I don't want to make light that mm-hmm. that even our marriage is easy. Mm-hmm. But I think that that this notion of we are we want to preserve this, mm-hmm. and that it is two of us against the world, mm-hmm. I think gives you a different outlook about so what you what's important. And I've learned that. Thank you, Mandy. Thank <laughs> you, Mandy. You, you, you need to have her on the show. Thank you, Mandy. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys coming out here. It's always fun to get to know you guys both more. And, you know, and I just, I don't know. I'm I'm always flabbergasted because you guys are, you know, huge fans of us. You guys come out to the restaurant. Big fans. Like that. So thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming on. Thank right. you for thank having you us. us. Munglish is a collaboration between Hill Tribe LLC and Gleam Tower Media. If you liked today's episode, let us know. Leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify podcasts, or like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Be sure to follow along on Facebook and Instagram, at MunglishPod. That's H-M-O-N-G-L-I-S-H-P-O-D. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.